Welcome to the Salon Owners Collective podcast. Each week on the podcast, you'll hear stories and tactics from experts and influencers who will provide you with actionable steps to transform your business and your life. I'm your host, Larissa McClemon, and I help salon owners move from stress and overwhelm to lead a life of freedom and profit by implementing a strategic framework to grow and scale their business. So wherever you are in the world, I want to officially invite you to join me in this episode and make an important step in your journey towards more freedom and more profit. Welcome to the Salon Owners Collective Podcast. It's Larissa here. And I'm really pleased to hang out with you today. This podcast is especially for you if you want to master your inner salon CEO. Now, this is the second part of a two-part episode about the real reason that you've lost your way in business and exactly what to do about it. Now, if you really want to step into your role as salon CEO, become the business owner, no longer suffering the stylist or therapist or the technician who just happens to own a business because you really want to level up in 2021. If you've got a team and you want to grow it, but maybe feel a little overwhelmed uh, and really want to stop winging it in business, step into your confidence, become more profitable and earn more than just a wage like a stylist or a therapist. Now, in the last episode, we talked about three of the five critical things that you should master to truly step into your CEO role. We discussed how lots of salon owners have lost their vision, lost their why. Why are you in business? We've got to ask you. And I took you through an exercise uh, and exactly what to do about that, refinding your why in the inner salon CEO snapshot. Now, if you haven't grabbed the inner salon CEO snapshot, then join me. With these activities. The snapshot is completely free. You can grab it now, print it out and follow along with me in these exercises. If you haven't done the last episode, make sure you go back and do that also. Right, grab the Inner Salon CEO snapshot. You can find it on my Facebook page, Instagram, in the DMs, on the website, all of the places. Send me a message. I will make sure you get it quick smart. Okay, Follow along, let's do this together. In the last episode, we discovered how to pay attention to how, to how to talk to yourself and to tune into what you actually believe. Now, this alone, I believe, could be the one thing that's holding you back from growth, keeping you in a cycle of two steps forward and two steps back. In the last episode, we also talked about how being a CEO means self-mastery, not just your beliefs or your thoughts or who you invest your time with but how you treat yourself how you show up for yourself so you can show up for your business now in today's episode I want to switch gears a little bit and not talk about the final two critical things that you'll want to focus on in 2021 I feel like we've talked about some really personal things some personal CEO things in the last episode and now it's time to turn our attention to the business part of being a CEO, the things that need focus and attention. And if you ever have that feeling, like I often have, where the business is way out ahead of you, it's like it's run away, run ahead of you, and it's time for you to catch up, like you really want to catch up with it and regain control, then listen up, 
this is definitely for you. Now, before we dive in, I want to mention a good friend of mine, Sophie, a salon owner. I've been working with her a few years now. She has a beauty salon and she recently had an increase of 50%, a 50% increase in her sales by having these next two steps in place. But I think what actually what's more important or what's been more interesting um, or has been more moving for her has not been so much the sales increase or the profit increase um, or even having these next two steps in place, but the fact that these next two steps have given her the ability to step off the emotional ro roller coaster that is business, right? Really running a business can be quite an emotional roller coaster. And those feelings of being alone and uncertain about our business choices. Um, and it's really given her her power to step into the shoes of the salon owner. She always knew that she could be and now feel totally in control, completely calm running her business. And for me, do you know what? For me, that is everything. This is everything that I want for you. So let's dive into these next two steps. Uh, the last two game changing strategies. Okay, so number four is to have a business plan. A strategy that's going to get you from where you are now to where you want to be. The journey, the destination of where you are going. So I'm going to talk about the three pillars uh, of Salon Mastery and the nine drivers that help you achieve true Salon Mastery. Because if you want to grow your business and, and stop winging it, we really need to create a solid plan. So let's dive in first and just talk about, well, what are these three primary pillars? The fact, the, uh, number one is attract and serve dream clients. Not just any clients, but clients that you love who will pay the prices that you charge happily and will come back for more. Now, it sounds really obvious, but we need to do this with intention because we want to spend time with clients that we actually love spending time with, not the ones that complain or are awful and treat us badly. And so we need a strategy, uh, a predictable strategy that can attract those clients to us. We need, need to have a strategy to serve them well, efficiently and consistently to ensure that they enjoy all of our services um, and that they care for themselves at home in the right way and they come back again and again. So attract and serve dream clients. We need to nail this pillar and have clear strategies and outcomes for this. Now, pillar number two is attract and grow a rockstar team. Now, I don't mean a team of rock stars, uh, but a team that rocks our world. Do you know? Finding people in this industry, I know, is super hard. Uh, it is one of the biggest complaints. So we must have a really solid strategy in place to attract people to us. Um, attract great people into our business, how to train them, how to grow them and create a great culture that not only serves our clients, but actually keeps the team members in place. We need to, as the CEO, learn how to manage them, how to motivate them, how to get them to do great work. And unless we can nail this pillar, unless we can have this in place, we don't have a business. We can't serve great clients if we don't have the team to serve them. If we are doing the clients all ourselves, then our life, our time, they're capped really quickly. So pillar number three, if pillar number one is the attract and serve dream clients, if pillar number two is attract and grow a rockstar team, then pillar number three is become the salon CEO. And we need to step into the role of the CEO uh, 
And as we are discovering, if we can't manage ourselves or our finances or build a business that don't, or build a business that doesn't result, can't speak today, that doesn't revolve around us, then we're not destined to grow and thrive. Instead, work too many hours, uh, work far too hard for far too little reward. And I'm pretty sure that, the, it, that your goal when you started your business was not to start a non-for-profit business, right? So we need to nail those three. I feel like those three are like a three-legged stool. You can't have one without the other. The minute you have a two-legged stool, it falls over. It's unstable. Um, so we must have those three pillars in, in place. Let's dive in now into the nine drivers of the seller mastery pillar. So each of those three pillars has three drivers. And for you to grow a solid, stable business, we need to nail each of those. So as I take you through these nine drivers, I want you to come along with the journey with me and take the opportunity to rate yourself against each of those nine drivers. Honestly, like you're the only one that's going to see this. So be honest with yourself about where you're at and what your opportunities are for you to improve and grow. So I've actually drawn this out for you in the inner sell and CEO snapshot. I've done, um, I have drawn it out so you can see a visual representation and you can come along this journey with me. Um, and I want you to give yourself a rating, a ranking. Now in sell or mastery, we use red, orange and green as a rating. So red is, uh, I need help urgently. This is a real problem right now. This is stressing me out. Help SOS. <laughs> um, orange is, well, really it could do with some attention. It, it needs some help. It's not, it's not great, but it's not quite in the red SOS. Uh, and green, of course, is everything's going well. I'm really happy with it, how it is at the moment. So if you don't have colored pens, no drama, just use uh, a three, two, one. So red would be three, orange is two, and green is one. First place is green. It's going really, really well. So the goal here is to move all of uh, the three drivers inside each of the three pillars into green. And this exercise is going to tell you what uh, exactly what you could, should, would be working on inside of your business and give you a really visual representation so you can build your business plan from that. Is that making sense? This is how we can uh, judge and then narrow the focus because we can do all of the things in our business, but we can't do all of the things at once. Does that make sense? Okay. If you have the inner salon CEO snapshot, step number four is build a business plan. The first driver is called client, uh, the client attracting formula. Now, ideally for you to get a green, you'll be super clear on who your ideal client is and your own business area of expertise. How do you stand out in the crowd? And with any luck, you would have nailed and, and got super clear on your brand messaging. What is the messaging that's going to attract those ideal clients into your business? You'll have a clearly laid out social media and marketing plan that you follow consistently and uh, have a simple strategy to turn those followers into clients, getting those bums in the chair consistently and when you need them. Uh, you'll also have a great retention strategy in place to keep in touch with clients between the visits to ensure they return. Because what we don't want is for you to have gaps in your appointment book where you wish that your team was seeing new clients instead of out the back playing on their phone, right? So are you red, orange or green in terms of having a client attracting formula. 
Right, give yourself uh, a color or a one, two, three, and let's move on to the second driver, which is the client experience. Do you and your team have a clear strategy to consistently deliver a 10 out of 10 experience for each, each client, each time that she, that she visits? Are your team clear on how you do things around here? So they know what to expect, but they also know what to do, what is expected of them. Do you have a process in place to manage complaints and, and capture compliments? Because what we don't want is all of your team doing different things each and every time, differently from each other and different every time the client comes. Because uh, as a result, we'll end up with clients that are loyal to the stylist or the therapist and not the brand, not the business. Um, and when a team member leaves, well, so do the clients. So we must capture this. All right, the third driver uh, on the dream client pillar is smashing sales. So my question to you is, do you have a system to coach your team to serve their clients and smash their sales targets? Do they have some sales targets? Um, and are they able to do this in a simple, helpful, non-salesy strategy in great language that serves the client well? Do you have a consistent consultation process that actually converts clients into having all of the services inside of your business and ultimately getting what they want and what they need, not just what they were booked in for today? I think that's really important. Do you have incentives for your team to have fun and games and activities that inspire them to uh, improve and build the culture, making sales fun? Because what we don't want is a lazy team that give their clients the bare minimum. The client gets what she booked in for because she didn't know what she needed anyway. And you're left really wishing that they would deliver for your clients, right? And they don't even ask the clients if they want more. That's definitely what we don't want. We definitely need a strategy around smashing sales. All right. I'm interested to know, are you red? Are you green? Or are you orange? Which one of those three drivers uh, is green, which is orange, and which is red. Maybe they're all orange. Okay, let's move on to the next pillar, attract uh, and employ a rockstar team. So ideally, we want to be ahead of ourselves uh, and recruiting people before we desperately need things, before we uh, are desperately crazy busy, right? Uh, and that we have a complete and consistent recruitment process so it's super easy when we need to employ somebody we're already a step ahead because there's nothing worse than discovering we need to employ somebody and we're already weeks and months behind ourselves there's so much wasted opportunity um, we also need a system to be able to induct new recruits so they come into our way of doing things seamless, seamlessly uh, they can enjoy the experience but they quickly get up to speed and become productive employees within our business because what we don't want is not to be able to find people when we need them having clients have to wait more than three weeks to get late night and Saturday appointments we end up losing clients and overworking our existing team not ideal all right driver number two in building a rockstar team is building a winning culture and for you to be able to have a green, rate yourself as green in a winning culture, we want to be able to have a team that have 
real clarity and consistency around the way that we communicate, actually having what I would call a culture of awesome. And I think that's really nice and really important. That's the fluffy stuff. But I feel like there are two other really important uh, pieces in building a winning culture. The first is that people can see the future. They feel like they are rewarded, but have a uh, really well rewarded, but have a really clear career path set out in front of them. This is how people stay for years, when they can see your brand as part of their future. They can see where they fit into your business in the future and that you have a development plan for their training, for their education, for their professional development and their financial rewards, a step-by-step -step career path laid out. And I think that's really important in terms of building a winning culture because what we don't want is people that don't follow the rules and don't follow the brand strategy and what we don't want is people asking for pay rises and asking for more money because they don't understand that they're not even making target and they're not paying their way right now. That's really an awkward conversation to have, right? Otherwise, otherwise, and what we don't want is we end up having people that come into our lives, work for us for a short time and move on to another business because the grass is greener on the other side. We need a strategy to build a winning culture so it's a staying culture and we cultivate great people inside of our business. The third driver inside of the rockstar team pillar is becoming a motivating manager. Now, whether that's you or whether that's a manager that you have inside of your business, your team needs to clearly know what is expected from them. You need to have a clear strategy and communication uh, a, a communication pathway so your team better understand and communicate together. Um, a communication tool that is progressive, a clear system for when people don't perform, a clear system for when people do perform, but also I think for you or your manager, confidence in managing people and managing difficult, difficult conversations and conflict. What we don't want is a team full of people that have a rule unto themselves, right? They talk to each other in the back room and make their own decisions and you're not included in part of that. Um, stuff doesn't get done around here. You find yourself crashing and banging around the place going, why don't people pick stuff up and do stuff? And you're in a little anger, anger uh, whirlwind and it's kind of become you and them, Right? Uh, that is annoying and it's grumpy and it's not good for business. Um, and especially if you have a manager that is doing the crashing and the banging and it's an us and them with the manager. So we need to sort out how do we become the motivating manager and have clear strategies for that. So what I want you to do now is to rank yourself red, orange or green for each of those pillars. Your ability to attract and promptly induct new team members your ability to build a winning culture and rank yourself as a, as a motivating manager or maybe your ability to manage the manager, whatever the case may be. Um, okay, let's step, step into the third pillar and look at the three drivers. The first is mastering your inner CEO. Now we've talked about this. This is part of this, like understanding this framework is part of, mastering your inner CEO. In the last episode, we talked about mastering your inner salon CEO, the first three steps, which were very personal. You can't master yourself, then how can you master your business, right? But also this step, 
uh, how, how can you run your business if you don't have a clear plan for your business? And getting really clear on the strategies and the step, owning your role as the CEO and creating a business plan. We also need the structure to help us get sometimes some personal discipline and structure to get some shit done, right? Because what we don't want is to be going around and around in circles and dealing with fireballs that come throwing that are thrown at us. What we don't was is, want is to be overwhelmed and not be able to sleep well at night, which means that we can't show up for ourselves, let alone the business, let alone our family if we have one, right? And this means that our earning is capped because we are in our own way. The second driver in the salon CEO pillar is what I would call powerful profits. We need to have a sustainable, profitable business. We need to pay ourselves the right way. We need to pay ourselves. I know there are a lot of salon owners who aren't even paying themselves and working themselves to the bone. We need to be able to implement good budgets and strategies, prioritize profit. I'm a believer in profit first and to be able to create profit without working all of the hours. Like it's actually okay to have a high income and not work 60 hours a week. It's okay to do that. And in fact, I think that working less hours is the strategy to earning more. Because what we don't want is that we pay ourselves sometimes with any cash that's left over if we pay ourselves at all, right? What we don't want is not having our finger on the pulse and being in the power seat, in the driver's seat of our business in terms of financial framework. If we don't have the financial framework in place, nothing else can really happen. We don't have the luxury of being able to make decisions or pivot or start new strategies because we don't have the money to back us, right? So we must be in the power seat in terms of the data and our ability to make profit if we want to be successful and want to future-proof our business, right? The third driver in the CEO pillar is what I call the smooth operator. I want you to be able to have a, a really clear plan for each and every year doing the business strategy, having a clear plan and being able to walk the plan uh, to be able to have a business, what I would call to be finished, uh, that has all of the pillars in place, has all of the drivers in place, and then you move into the next step, which is just refine um, refine, refine, refine. And when you get to being able to refine that the way your business is run, that's when you are able to scale. So systems and processes should set us free. If our business revolves around us and our ability to prop it up with sticks and remember how all the pieces work together, that is not a business that can grow and can scale, right? I want you to be in the driver's seat. And one of the ways to do that is to be a smooth operator, have clear strategies and systems in place and the, and the processes, systems and processes run the business, you run the systems and processes. That's how it should be. So I want you to rank yourself in those three. How are you holding up? Uh, are you green? Are you orange? Or maybe are you red when it comes to those pillars? So if you don't have some colored pens, that's fine. Use a one, two or three. So one is I'm green, I'm doing really well. Two is maybe... Uh, this needs a little bit of attention and three yeah SOS this needs a lot of attention right now and super urgently from here you should have some clarity on what you should could would be putting into your business plan for this period work on the red first and then tackle the orange 
and ensure the green. This is really important. Pay attention. Ensure the green stay green. Don't let them drop just because you're changing your focus. And if that's hard, then maybe your green isn't as green as it should be. Is this making sense? Now, if you've done this along with me, you should have a nice strategy wheel to help narrow down your focus. Remember, your goal is to get the majority of, of the drivers into green. Now, I also think that you shouldn't be working on too many major drivers at once. You cannot spread yourself thin. That in, that in itself will uh, set you into overwhelm and into a tailspin. Now remember, if you need help writing a business plan or creating that plan that's going to give you that clarity that you need and where you should start, then reach out. This is exactly how I help salon owners move into momentum and truly grow their business. Okay, last, certainly not least, strategy step number five. Let's dive in. Okay, last, certainly not least, let's talk about creating space for growth, for income generating activities, and the strategies that need attention from your focus wheel, your strategy wheel that you have just done. So making sure that you're allowing yourself the time and the space to be working on your business, the attention that it needs. I just think you simply can't be working in your business while also working on your business to the best of your ability. Like if you want to make change, then you need to make a change and step into the shoes of the true salon owner, the salon CEO. Now, I think first things first, I really think that if you're doing 40 plus 60 hours on the floor, you really need to stop serving some clients and fully step into this role. Okay, so don't freak out on me. Uh, you don't need to come off the floor 100%. I get that. I know we love our clients. It's what got us into this industry in the first place. But I truly think if you're full-time on the floor, you just can't commit to taking the leap into doing the things that you need to do to move the needle inside of your business. And if you feel like you can't commit and properly take the leap, well, this is your sign. Like this is, if you've been waiting for a sign, this is it, I'm telling you now. You've probably thought about doing it before, but didn't actually think it was achievable. Like your clients need you. I don't wanna give my clients to my team because then they'll leave and all of these things. I totally get it. I have been in your shoes. But if you're serving your clients, uh, all of the time or a lot of the time that I ask you, who is running your business? If you're squeezing business, gro business growth activities between clients in 15 minute gaps or 10 o'clock at night, like this is not really any way to live. This is no way to gain forward momentum to get the big things done in your business. And if you're already off the floor or you're working more on it than you are working in it, then I give you a virtual high five for sure. Good for you. So then if we're going to come away from serving clients all of the time, we certainly need to make sure we are focusing on income generating activities. And if you've got lots of things in the red or in the orange, then I want to help you choose what are the right things because it's quite overwhelming when you've got lots of things in the red and the orange or things in the two and the three, uh, then you feel this tension between all of the things that I, that I need to get done. You can't do it all at once. You can do all of the things, you can't do them all at once, right? So this is the stuff that's really going to move the needle is the income generating activity. After all, you don't want your business just to survive, we actually want it to thrive. 
And um, if you have a lot of things that need attention at once and you work on income generating activity first and you get that functioning really well, then you are free to work on the infrastructure, the next thing, right? Um, and that's why I started the strategy wheel uh, with dream clients. If you can attract and serve clients effectively, then you can employ a team. If you can't attract new clients into your business, how can you fill up your team? If you can't employ and grow and hold on to team members, then you don't have any team to make systems and processes for, right? First things first, we've got to bring the clients in first for the team to employ, uh, the team to serve. Once the team is serving, now we've got the problem becomes the team and managing the team. Now we can create the systems and structures and the processes to deal with the team. We can't do it backwards. We have, have all the best systems and processes in the world, yet no team to be inside them. And then you've got all the team in the world, but you've got no clients to serve them. Then you've got problems. So let's just talk quickly, like what are income generating activities? Well, first of all, marketing for new clients, retention strategies, sales training with your team, employing team members, then growing your team, training your team so they can serve the clients. Like the list is endless. Go back to your strategy wheel and have a look where needs the most attention. So it becomes super important. Then it's time to manage time like a boss. So let's get clear on this. Your calendar is gold to you. Your cal calendar will predict your net worth, your top line worth, and your bottom line worth. Your time is so super precious. And what you do with it uh, is going to predict your success. So I'll say it again. Your calendar can predict your worth your income, the success of your business. And if it's filled with clients at $100 an hour, you're going to hit a ceiling really fast. So I reckon depending on the stage of business, it takes a different amount of time required to work on your business, to work on income generating activities and get that systematic, better down in place. So let's talk about that. It takes different amounts of time to work on the business. Uh, and when it's just you, when it's just you serving clients, maybe you work for someone else, rent a chair, when it's just you, you can do the extra stuff after hours. There's not a lot of extra stuff. Maybe you have to buy some stock. Maybe you have to post on social. There's not a lot of extra. You can fit that in between the gaps. Totally get that. But when you have a team, even if it's small, you need to invest some time on marketing, we talked about this a couple of episodes ago when we were talking about leveling up and really understand, understanding the stage of business that, you're, that you are in. And when you've got a small team, we really need to start or invest our time in marketing and bringing clients into your business, into your brand, not to you, not relying on referrals in your personal reputation because then you can't grow a team. Um, and we need to focus on sales strategy training like sales strategies teaching our team how do we rebook how do we ask them if they want a treatment how do we ask them or how do we recommend them effectively the things that they need at home to keep their hair or their skin looking as good as it could should would we need to track that our team is doing super well and we can't do this when we're working 40 hours or more behind the chair you can't do that anymore not 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 unless you want to burn out and there are too many people in this industry exhausted and burnt out it's not fair um, 
So I think the amount of time that we work on our business grows as our business grows. Like we can start at three to five hours a week when we've got a team of one, two, maybe even three. And we probably end up with needing around eight to 10 hours, right? If we're really starting to hit momentum and starting to get growth. Leaving you with 30 hours to work on your clients. Fabulous, that's still a good amount of time. But once you're in the manager's phase and you're starting to build a team, you, you know, the, the amount of time that you need to spend on managing your humans, putting out fires, putting systems into place, processes, your role grows and changes. This is your busiest phase. When you've got that sort of four to seven, uh, four even to eight team members, this is your busy phase because you're probably still serving clients yourself. Um, and the work required goes up dramatically. And we typically don't necessarily have uh, a management team in place, right? Or if we do, it's not effective because we haven't spent the time to bed it down properly. So if we're spending 10, somewhere between 10 and 20 hours as our team grows, that still leaves us with some spare time to spend on other things, whether that's been still choosing to see clients, whether it's time with our family, maybe we've got a young family, maybe you prioritize yourself first, whatever it is, depends on your financial model on, on how much you can afford to come away from serving clients. But somewhere in that in that manager's phase from the four to seven, I reckon we can get from you know, 30, uh, 25, 30 hours a week on clients. Um, and then we step into the scale-up phase, the CEO phase. And I reckon as you grow your management team, you probably can stay at 20 hours a week working on your business, doing the income generating, the systems, the processes, the management, managing the managers. Sometimes it might take more than that for sure. But I certainly noticed that in this phase, and I have plenty of salon owners that I work with that are like this too, actually can spend less. For me, when I sold my business, I had a team of 30. I spent 15 hours a week uh, on my business, inside of my business. I wasn't serving clients. But I, I didn't do that with, you know, a year's notice. I didn't just decide. There was years of working myself to that stage. I had a super solid management team. They were exceptional, exceptional human beings. We had a great relationship. Um, and so it is definitely can be done but look honestly every business is different you've got different profit margins different teams different pricing different activities different goals dreams and desires but I want to kind of give you an idea of what you could should would be thinking about right so let's talk about ideas and creating white space if you have your best business growing ideas when you're in the shower and you don't have time to implement them or put them into place then you've got a CEO timing problem like, I believe your role is to be the visionary, the creative one, and to be able to lead your team and to lead the business to be its best self. If you're bogged down being busy, busy being busy, and you're booked every minute of every day and every hour, um, then there's actually no space for you to think strategically or problem solve things. And things start to escalate and become uh, almost exaggerated out of uh, with anxiety and I really think that your role as the business owner as the CEO is to think to problem solve so my solution actually is to take more holidays more time off if you want to future proof your business and for the sanity of the of your future business it requires you to book in a little bit of self-care uh, you'll have better output uh, 
you'll have time to think about the best way to problem solve and to put good new strategies into place. You have time to thoroughly put strategies into place, see them through to the end and not put half pie, half baked strategies in place and then wonder why your team hasn't adopted it, right? So remember your calendar determines your future income, right? So the more space that we make in our calendar for CEO time, I believe the better. And sometimes people come to me and say, okay, I've, I've created the space or I wanna create the space, what am I gonna fill it with? So take your time, um, but create the space, you will slowly grow into it. My experience was every time I took another day off the floor serving clients, my business grew exponentially. Now, in our Seller Mastery Program, we call this CEO time. Another word for it is tiger time. I'll tell you why another time. I've probably talked about it before in the podcast, but uh, creating tiger time or CEO time or IGA time is the other one. The time for us to invest in growing our business, this is what will move forward momentum. And this is part of our role as the Seller and CEO. So grab the Inner Seller and CEO snapshot. And I want you to note down when you're going to make time to actually grow the business, work on the business, no more squeezing it in between the rest of your life, right? If you want to have the success, if you want to get to the goal that you want, you need to prioritize this. So make a list of all the IGA activities, income generating activities that you're going to work on in your IGA time. Right, let's get planned. Let's get into a rhythm here. Now, a wise lady once reminded me, it was my mum, a very wise lady indeed. She reminded me that change is a journey, right? Life is a journey, actually. But to manage our own expectations around change and to take our time with it and be patient. Sometimes when we create space or we have a really strong intention to go for it and to make the changes that need to happen, we're all in, boots and all. But we've got to remember that we are leading teams of people who are not on the same journey as us. They don't think like us. They don't have the time like us. They need time to adapt and change. And my mum was telling me uh, a couple of years ago about, I was complaining that my kids really did a really crap job of doing the dishes. They wouldn't do the dishes. They'd always complain. And it was sort of a, the bane of my life at the moment. She said, um, she didn't say it like this, but the long story short was, You've asked the kids to do the dishes and they've gone from zero and you're expecting them to be a hero. I expected them to get off the couch, walk over, do the, an impeccable uh, job of putting the dishes in the dishwasher, knowing where everything went. Uh, and all of, all of, I expected them to know everything overnight with a click of a finger. She said, yeah, but that's not a realistic expectation. Maybe the first time is that you get them just to put their plates from the table or from the couch into the dishwasher. Day one, tick. Day two, can you put the whole family stuff in the dishwasher? Day three, maybe you'd pack the whole dishwasher together because actually, let's be frank, we have to teach them how the dishwasher works because kids, they're not born knowing how to pack a dishwasher. They put all the things in the wrong place, drives me nuts. <laughs> but we need to have a little bit of patience as we make change inside of our business and we need to do the same with our team. We come roaring in and saying, right, I'm quitting all of my clients now and we're going to do X, Y, Z overnight, uh, this is a shock for people. Uh, we need to be a little bit patient and also be a little bit patient with ourselves. I uh, am just recently, the last couple of months back at the gym. I started pre-COVID. I've been going a, a year pre-COVID actually. And uh, I'm back at the gym with a vengeance, loving it. But when I first started, 
I decided, and I've done that this time also, I decided my first goal was to go twice a week, Tuesday and Thursday morning. Should I go on Saturday mornings as well and go three times? Of course I should, but I decided not to. I thought I'm going to commit to doing two times a week because I've gone from zero. And if I expect hero, I'm going to get frustrated with myself. I'm going to feel exhausted. It's going to hurt. Going back to the gym hurts. Um, and I'm more likely to give up. If I can nail twice a week, tick my goal. So I've brought my goal closer. Um, do it twice a week. Feel like a winner. Four weeks in, I can go, do you know what? I'm over the first three-week hurdle. I'm nailing the goal. And when I'm ready, I'll add a third day. I think this is a better approach. I do believe the turtle wins the race, right? So be patient with yourself. Trust the process. Be patient with your team as you make change. Create space to grow. Don't overpressure yourself. You have time. You are only winning your own race, right? So what I would love to hear from you is what you loved most about this. What did you learn about yourself? And what are you most excited about coming into the new year and really stepping into your role as the salon CEO? Let me know. So you can find me in all the usual places, Profitable and Successful Facebook group. You know I hang out there or in the DMs. Uh, last but not least, remember to grab the inner salon CEO snapshot. Do the work. Do you know the, that only 3% of people, no, 8% of people make a plan. Only 3% commit to paper. And if we think about who holds the world's wealth or is having the lifestyle that we want, it's the people that do the work. So that is my parting thought. <laughs> now, if you're committed to stepping into the shoes of the salon owner and become the salon owner you knew, knew you always could be, rather than just another average salon, and you feel like you need some help reaching those goals, then let me tell you who I work with and maybe we're a match. I work with a certain type of salon owner, a salon or spa owner who's looking to make a huge leap forward from where they are now. Maybe they have a team, maybe you've got a team of four to seven in that manager's phase. When you're more, uh, more well, maybe you're reaching around the seven to eight K mark a week. Uh, now give or take because different places around the world have different numbers, but if any of these match, then uh, I help salon owners prepare to go from the manager stage into the CEO stage and really scale it up and get from seven or eight K to maybe 15 K a week or even 20. That's a million dollar salon. Now, if you want to grow and grow a team and a sustainable business that's not centered all around you, so you can enjoy a little bit of freedom along with your success. I do believe you can have both. Um, maybe you're, well, I'm hoping you're willing to be open, coachable, and put the right strategic systems in place in your business. Because I think if you can do that and be open to that, 60 days time from now can be completely different. In a year from now, life and business could be better than you ever imagined. Now, if you wanna have a chat, see if we're a fit for seller mastery, then DM me or PM me, send me some smoke signals, you know where to find me, let's talk. Uh, now, if you don't fit that criteria yet, don't worry. I also work with smaller salons or salons on an earlier stage also. Um, to help them find and that drive, that forward momentum, so you can qualify for Salon Mastery. All right, can't wait to connect, chat with you, learn more about your salon. That is a wrap for today. Look forward to connecting with you again on the podcast next week. Ciao for now.
Thanks for joining me on another episode of the podcast. Tune in every week as I reveal the latest insights and advice on what it takes to truly master your inner salon CEO and master your salon success. Subscribe to the Salon Owners Collective podcast on iTunes or Spotify or visit us online at www.salonownerscollective.com. But make sure to join me in my Facebook group for answers to common questions and much, much more. Thanks for listening and I look forward to tuning in with you again next week.